0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network.
1: You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. All right, it's Monday, a depressing Monday uh, compared to the last, what, five Mondays. I'm here with Louis Rigoni. Hello, Dolphins. Hello,
0: Dolphins.
1: (laughs) Uh, It did not go how we thought it was going to go yesterday, Louis. Uh, Tua looked every bit the rookie that he is. The rookies on the offensive line looked like rookies on the offensive line. I mean, it was just, uh, it was a game tape that I think they're going to learn a lot from. (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh boy uh yeah they if they have to look at that game film mike uh to learn something they experienced (laughs) it so i'm not so sure they have to uh watch that game feel uh game film to learn anything from that yes well they gotta learn how to pick
1: up stunts i mean that's for sure uh, that was an ass whipping
0: Yeah. yeah i mean It was frustrating because when you look at, you know, uh, both sides of the football and both football teams and, you know, coming in, you know, this team's three and six. What'd they lose? Four or five games in a row, Uh, Denver. You know who their
1: three games are against? Who's that? The AFC East. Denver?
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They beat everybody
1: in the East. They haven't played the Bills yet, but everybody else they've beaten. That's that's crazy.
0: I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so you're looking at the game and you're looking at the two teams and you're looking at uh where we're the level we're playing at, the level they were playing at and you go in and it's like what what in, what in God's name is going on here today? And um it was both sides of the football um you know, early in the game, uh the defense looked like they normally do. They made some plays, they got us off the field, but uh, you know, I mean, it was just a, a frustrating game from there on out. On the defensive side, they, you know, they they allowed Denver to move the football. They 189 ran for,
1: 189 yards on the ground.
0: I mean, crazy, crazy. And, uh, and you know, we, we've been talking about the fact, you know, on, on recent podcasts in regard to chunk plays, you know, in regard to the running game. And the last few weeks, they've eliminated that. You know, teams just weren't doing that. And yesterday was— Uh, A quick reminder of uh, where we came from a year ago. Um, It reminded you of so many games last year where guys were getting, you know, six, seven, eight yards a carry and just, you know, easily getting to our second level. And um, it happened consistently. I mean, both running backs, whether it was Gordon or Lindsey, I mean, their statistics were almost identical, Um, You know, in regard to yards per carry and and the yardage that they wound up getting at the end of the game. I mean, what was
1: was the yards per carry?
0: uh, I mean, they they were over five yards, each one of them. I can tell you that. Uh, They both ran for over 80 yards. They had 15 carries. Gordon had 15. Lindsey had 16. And they both went over 80 yards. So, you know, that's over five yards a carry. And that's unacceptable. And, you know, Locke had two carries for 23 yards including that 14-yard scramble on third and 14, which was absolutely frustrating as well. I mean, it, w- it was that type of day. It, and, um, you know, statistically, um, you know, as far as their passing game, they did enough, but it wasn't the backbreaker. I mean, it was their running game that killed us. Well, on, they on they the kept day. running
1: that counter to the right and uh, getting around that end, and it was – they just couldn't stop it.
0: No. No. They could not stop it. Um, they did it. Listen, they made some plays. Um, you know, Van Ginkel saved the day. Uh, they score there, the game's over. And it's yeah. an embarrassment, to be yeah. honest with you, because if you get down twenty seven to ten at that point, the game is basically over. I mean, it was a game saving play at that point, uh, yeah. for us. No doubt. It it gave us hope and um you know, uh, unfortunately, we came up.
1: He's shown a consistent ability to make plays. That's so great to see because that's what we need on this defense.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, you've got a guy now, Mike, that uh, wasn't high draft pick, and he's becoming that sort of player at weekend, game in and game out. I mean, he's been. I mean we we'll talk a little, I'm glad that we're we're doing some positive stuff because there wasn't there wasn't a lot of positive I mean I kind of wanted to spread it out a little bit but <laughs> we might as well you know talk about a positive for a bit um he's been exceptional and going forward I think we have a real a real player there you know sometimes uh you know as you watch football games and you get grades and and sometimes they lack In certain areas, but I look at games and I see game changing plays and this guy's been doing it week in and week out, whether it be on special teams or on a defensive side, and he's doing it in a lot of different ways. So, uh, yeah, he's a positive going forward. He's, you know, he's a major, major plus on that side of the football. Um, he's a guy that we can build around, so to speak. And, um, you know, I love the way he's playing. I mean, he's he's becoming one of my favorites, and I'm sure a lot of Dolphin fans feel the same way. Yeah,
1: just the way he plays. He hustles, and uh, you can tell, you, you know, he's he's one of those guys who happens to find the ball. Yep. Another rookie that played well yesterday was Raquan Davis. Mm -hmm. He had a very, very solid game. So, you know, it's good to see a couple of the rookies or or younger players uh, getting it done because there were some other younger players that didn't get it done. Mm -hmm. Uh, We could talk about uh, number one, Tua. Mm -hmm. He struggled. Yes. He really struggled. Um, He was not comfortable from the moment that game started to the moment he got pulled. He just never got into a rhythm, and uh, his accuracy was not there. You know, that's one of the things he's touted for, being a highly accurate passer. And yesterday, we didn't see that. Right. And he got rattled, I think. Now, whether or not he recovered from that, I don't know. But early in that game, he got rattled, and he just wasn't... uh, like I said, he wasn't he wasn't comfortable in the pocket the rest of the game, and uh, you know he was holding the ball too long at times and misfired at times. I mean, he had guys open that he couldn't hit or didn't hit, and uh, you know it was just a rough game for the rookie. So you know these are growing pains, and these are these are things that are going to happen. But uh, for him to struggle the whole game like that is a little discouraging.
0: Yeah, I mean, early in the game before. Uh, you know, he started to get sacked quite a bit and, and, and Mike, it was an overall, I mean, I don't want to, um, you know, just harp on him alone because, and I, I know you weren't doing that. I'm just saying that a lot of people are, are probably going to give him excuses or go the opposite way and put all the blame on him. That's what happens when you're a quarterback in the NFL, you got to learn quick. That's That's the way it's going to be. I mean, you know what? What was interesting was was before the game. You know the hype was Tua. Uh, he's won three in a row. He's did that. No, the team at won three in a row. You know, don't start. You know, giving this guy. All the credit in the world for team efforts. Complimentary football is what you've mentioned a hundred times over the last few shows, and that's exactly what's been happening. But, you know, the media, which is what they love to do, sports media, they, they build this guy up to something that he really hasn't been up to this point. I mean, in the football games, he's done enough to win them, but he hasn't been throwing... He 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 isn't doing what Dan Marino did as a rookie when he came in and he was throwing the ball all over the place for three, four hundred yards every week and just carrying the team. Exactly. So (laughs) it's a whole different perspective, but you know, the you know, you gotta blame the media for this type of thing because they build these guys up and then when they when they do what he did yesterday, you know, it's like a major, major disappointment. Now, with all that being said. He was horrible yesterday. Early in the game, you know, he made some bad throws on balls down the field where he had Grant isolated one-on-one. And he threw the ball like 10 yards over his head. And, uh, I mean, he didn't even give him an opportunity to make a play on the football. And he just seemed too hyped. Um, you know, there was no air under it. It was line drive type shots. And he had two opportunities early in the game that can really, like, change the way you look at a football game, you know, and and how the defense is going to play against us. Exactly. You get burnt early, you're like, okay, you know what, guys, we've got to, you know, get back into a zone, you know, the safeties have to come off the football, so on and so forth. But. Yeah, he was. You know, he's done that a few times. Um, last week, you know, he had Grant. Um, you know, after he scrambled a little bit out of the pocket, he made a great play last week to get away from the rush, and then he overshot him. Um, you know, he's got to start making plays. And Mike, honestly, yesterday, um, you know, over the course of the three plus quarters he played, um, he didn't make a lot of fo- a lot of plays for our offense. I mean, the offense was anemic and you know as bad as the defense played they we we were still in that ball game and you know surprisingly enough we had what like 5 3 and outs early into the third quarter i mean you know the fact that we were still in the football game says a lot about you know the defense was battling they didn't have a great day but they were somehow keeping us in the football game and the offense just wasn't giving us anything to work with whatsoever i mean five three and outs um through you know early in the third quarter is just absolutely pathetic i mean you can't you can't do it you can't win football games uh with that type of offense just can't do it
1: You know, there were a lot of numbers thrown around after the game yesterday, and one of those was, uh, you know, the next-gen stats. Uh, Forty percent of uh, Tua's throws were into uh, tight coverage, you know, coverage within uh, the defender being within one yard of the receiver. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's rough. And, you know, he's got to be accurate in those cases. And, uh, you know, on the pass to Parker in the end zone for the touchdown, he was. Mm-hmm. But uh, on a lot of passes, he wasn't. So he's he's struggling a little bit to hit the open receivers, and that's that's not what you want to see. Uh, but the receivers have to get some separation to make his job easier, and they're they're not really doing that either.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I looked at the game yesterday, you know, as a whole, you know, and I I never really look at grades. I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, um, that was supposed to be one of his strengths. You know, was the fact right. that he was extremely accurate. Now. You know, contrary to what you just mentioned, I mean, we had a play where Parker was wide open across the middle of the field. I don't think there was a guy within 10 yards of him, and he just... Threw another 90 mile an hour fastball. It's like Nolan Ryan out there throwing fastballs, you know, 100 miles an hour, and he just overshot him and he was wide open. And that's, you know, if Parker catches that football, it's probably a nice 30, 40 right. yard play because well, there's no that Well, that was,
1: that was one of the 60% that, you know, they weren't within one yard of the. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Right. It was a combination, Mike. Right. Listen, he, here's the thing. Okay. Let me throw some names at you right now. Okay. Uh-huh. Malcolm Perry. Callaway, Grant, and you've got Hollins, you've got Laird. These are guys that caught football passes yesterday for us, okay? So we're a little bit depleted. I mean, obviously, Preston Williams isn't there. Albert Wilson, you know, opted out. You'd much rather see these type of guys on the foot. They're they're a step up from what he's working with right now, okay? And he does not – he's not at a point to where he can – make these guys better football players. Whereas Fitzpatrick probably has that ability because he's able to somehow get the ball in. He does a better job of dumping it off underneath and, and understanding the game of football more. With what he has to work with right now, it's very difficult. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. You know, near the end of the game, uh, when Fitzpatrick threw to Gasicki into the end zone, he expected Gasicki to be in front of the in front of the defender, and instead he went behind them. Well, as you know, as an NFL quarterback that's been around for seventeen years, he understands that. Whereas Tua is maybe looking at it and saying, "Okay, well he's not open at all. I'm not even going to throw to that area," and he's looking elsewhere, and it results in either a sack or whatever the case may be. It's a team effort. And, you know, we can blame everything on two if we want to, but it's the guys that he's working with as well that aren't the type of guys that we need, you know, we need out there. You know, past Parker, there's just not a lot to work with. There really
1: isn't. Right. You don't have any top shelf talent. But, you know, they've got those draft picks coming, and I'm sure it's something that they're going to address in the offseason. But between now and then. Uh, we've got to get him developed and uh, try and win games at the same time, which is exactly what Flores, I believe, is trying to do. Uh, you know, he got pulled yesterday, and you never like to see your rookie quarterback pulled, but uh, you're in a playoff race, so <laughs> you know the the coach had a choice to make, and and he chose to try and win the game. Fitzpatrick came close; he he got him down there, uh, and that was that was impressive to see. I know you were. <laughs> I was on the phone with you as Tua was struggling there, and I know you were itching to see Fitzpatrick uh, right about the point he got inserted into the game.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. Literally, we were on the phone together, and I said, uh, I think it's time You know, that they, if they want to win this football game, I think they have to make the move. And, you know, listen, it it says a lot about Flores, number one. Let's go there, Um, you know, with Flores. The fact that he understands the game of football and he saw what was going on for three plus quarters and he felt that. Listen, if we got any chance in hell of winning this football game, it's not going to be with keeping tour in the game. I've seen enough of this. Let's let's get a change of pace in and let's see what happens. And, you know, Fitzy comes out and, you know, has a big third down pass to Gasicki over the uh, the, the guy that was covering him. I think it was a safety. It was a great throw. It's a big, you know, 25-yard play, whatever it was. It was... A fantastic throw, when you're like, my God, this guy hasn't seen the field for a month. And three plays into his, you know, <laughs> in his playing, he throws a pass like that. He gets us in field goal range. He puts us within a field goal. Uh, our defense stops him. We get the ball back at the one yard line. He drives us all the way down to the 15, and, you know, he forces the ball in. I mean, sometimes you got to give the defender a little bit of credit. He came off of his guy and read Fitzy perfectly. And, and the game was over, but he gave us a fighting chance. And, you know, to Flores' credit, you know, he made the move. He understood where the game was at that point. And exactly. um, I was very happy that he did it. You know, it's, I hate, I use the expression all the time, you know, you're beating a dead horse. And that would have been the case, I think, had Tua, you know, stood in the football game at that point. So, number one, credit to him. Number two, credit to Fitzy. For being the professional that he is. I mean, he came in and, you know, he he just started firing away, you know, dumping underneath. It's, it's always going forward with him, you know. I mean, if it's not there down the field, okay, I'm going to get three or four yards. I mean, I know Ahmad had quite a few catches on that series and he targets Parker quite a bit as well. And it it was, you know, it was fun to watch. It brought life into the game for you where you didn't have it for three plus quarters. And, um, you know, it gave, like I said, it gave us a fighting chance. It was a disappointment at the end. But, you know, at least, you know, we had an opportunity there. And, you know, we we had Denver sweating for a while. Me sweating for a while that uh, oh, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, you, you were getting jacked up because you see them moving the ball, you know, from the one yard line and, you know, that pass down the sideline to, uh, to Parker, you know, where he kind of like split the guy in front of him in the safety. And he made that little cutback, and the guy cut his knee out. I mean, that, that was that was fun. It's like, oh, I saw him in the open field, and I'm like, oh, my God, there you go. But boom, you know, the guy was there, and, you know, he, he made a nice play on him. But those are the type of plays that you want to see out of the offense over the course of the game. And, you know, we had to wait until, you know, midway through the fourth quarter to start seeing some plays in any way, shape, or form. You know, it's funny.
1: It's funny, Lou. I mean, we talked about it earlier, but, you know— if- Parker only had six catches for 61 yards, but I thought he was, (laughs) he was sensational yesterday.
0: (laughs) That last, it was, you know what? It's not how you start, Mike. It's how you finish. And, and he finished strong. I think he had four catches on those last, you know, those last two drives, whereas he only had two going into the, you know, going through three plus quarters. So. But he's um, making the,
1: he's making the difficult catches, you know, Yes, uh, getting his yes. feet in
0: bounds and
1: uh, you know collecting the football and he's just making big catches. So it's it's good to see him uh, shining through the darkness yesterday. You know.
0: Yes, he was another guy that you know I felt played a really really good football game. I mean, Mike, they were few and far between. I mean. Uh, Parker, uh, Van Ginkle had some plays, uh, you know, Xavier Howard, I thought did a good job again, another big interception early in the game that set up our first touchdown, but, you know, past those few guys, Sanders, obviously another 50 yard field goal. I mean, the guy's just incredible. I mean, yeah. you know, it, that was a big, big kick for us at that point. So, um, You know, I mean, you know, they they were few and far between. I mean, the offensive line, I felt, was, you know, absolutely horrendous yesterday. And I'll tell you, Mike, you know – you talked about draft picks earlier, right? And you talked about uh, Raekwon and, you know, we're talking about Van Ginkle and, and some of these other guys. And I know Van Ginkle didn't come out of this year's draft, but I'm right. just talking about draft. Right. But he general. didn't play
1: much last year, if anything. So, you know, he, exactly. it really is in a sense his rookie year.
0: It is right. He was, you're absolutely right. And I was going to get to that. Perfect. I mean, that, that was great. So the thing is this, is that, um, our number one draft picks, all three of them, um, you know, Tua, you know, he he's he's played okay. You know, I'm a little bit disappointed in what I've seen out of him. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, as far as Jackson is concerned, he's been okay. Um, you it know, wasn't he str- okay
1: yesterday. He, he was horrible. Yep. Yeah, he
0: was absolutely horrible yesterday. He was absolutely horrendous. And, you know, our, our third draft pick, uh, Noah, you know, the corner has not played overly well either in the short time we've seen him. Now, these guys obviously are all rookies. They're in their rookie season. They're getting a lot of playing time. But to the Dolphins' credit, a lot of these guys that were drafted a little bit farther down have actually played a little bit. forgot one, though, uh, Robert Hunt. Robert Hunt, right. Yeah, Hunt. He didn't do particularly um, well yesterday either. No, he didn't play well either, exactly. Um uh, but Hunt has not been starting an awful lot. Has he, Mike? I mean, it's been more of Kinley and and Well, um, yeah,
1: no, you're right. He played 34 snaps.
0: Yeah. So, you know, the guys that have been on that have been on the field, um I'm impressed I think by he, the- he came
1: in, I believe, when Kinley got hurt.
0: Exactly. And, um, you know, Kinley's played well up to this point. What I'm getting at is, is that some of our later draft picks have actually played a little bit better than some of our early draft picks up to this point. And, uh, you know, I thought they did a really, really good job with the draft this year. There's a lot of production from, from, uh, quite a few of these guys. And, um, you know, w- we'll see going forward. I mean, you know, again, yesterday was a, a disappointment across the board. Um, you know our offense, Mike. Um, I'll tell you what—that they, they have to pick it up because you don't want to go up to New York next week and expect to win a football game. I think Darnold's back next week, and um, you know that'll be a plus. They have their receivers healthy now, um, and they're they're playing a little bit better football. And I'll tell you what—you know—I don't care w- what team you're playing in the NFL, and the Jets are one of the worst in the NFL. If if you have A total of 84 something yards total offense through three quarters, you know, or at halftime. I don't remember where that number came from. I think it may have been halfway through the third quarter. You're not going to win football games. Um, So, you know, they've got to figure it out. They've got a handful of games this week to figure it out, but they need to figure it out because if they don't, I'll tell you what, you know, after these next couple games, they're going to get their asses handed to them. They're playing four extremely tough teams after these next two. And, uh, you know, something's got to be done there on the offensive side. The last couple of weeks, they just haven't been good. There is going
1: to be some losses in our future. I don't think we compete with the Raiders because they're going to be able to run the ball down our throats. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if the Jets can run the ball down our throats, we'll have problems with the Jets. You just cannot allow 180-something yards on the ground and expect to win the football game.
0: Right. Let's keep in mind, though, this is something we haven't mentioned is the fact that Wilkins hasn't played or didn't play yesterday. And, you know, regardless of your depth, it weakens your depth. Your rotation is key. You know, you don't have guys out there playing like the old Killer Bees, where Baumhauer and Betters and Bo Camper and Dewey and all those guys were on the field for every single play right. of a football game. This is right. a different era. And, right. um, you know, you would think it'd be different, but it's not. Um, you know, you would think that with all the training that these guys do, that you would see these guys on the field playing from beginning to end. And that's not the case. These guys rotate. Uh, you know it keeps them fresh, and as you mentioned, you know if you're missing a guy like Wilkins, you don't have a major major guy in the middle of your defense clogging things up, so it does have a major effect on your defense um, especially on a
1: rebuilding team because we're still building that depth yes
0: absolutely I mean you They've know there's so work
1: to do on both sides of the ball
0: they do they absolutely do, but The offense, Mike, I mean, you know, and and I hate just playing on them, but you can't have them going three and out and having your defense right back out there after. I mean, there are a few times where Denver put some drives together and they were on the field for a while. They were running the ball well and three plays and they're right back out there again. I mean, you know, it it takes its toll, you know. You can't – with our defense, we don't have – the type of defense that needs to be out there over and over again, because they're going to pick on your weaknesses. We have quite a few holes and, and teams know it and well, they, Lewis, they'll if, it.
1: If teams can run on us, then it takes us out of our defensive game, which yes. is getting after the quarterback.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If they don't have to throw and they don't get into long third down situations, then it kind of limits the effectiveness of our defense. Yes. So it's important that we do two things. Number one is get a lead. And Which the, we did yesterday. We, yeah, but it was only a 7 nothing lead.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The other thing is stop the run. And they, they've got to do those two things early in the football games. If they don't, they're going to be in trouble.
0: Well, you know, Dan, I, I can go back, Mike. Um, early in the game, they did a pretty good job, actually. They did. The first two, their first two possessions, I think that they did an extremely good job on them. Our offense just, you know, again, you know, even when they did have that drive, our offense came right back on the field and went three and out. We had four three and outs in the first, right, in the first to start half. The game. I think mm-hmm. I'm, I think one one of our only first downs was due to a, you know, penalty. just a horrible penalty, <laughs> yep. a called on Grant. I mean, and we were fortunate because two had thrown an interception at that point. And we may not have come up with any points on that turnover, but we were fortunate. It was a bad call, but, you know, they go your way sometimes. Sometimes they don't, you know, and there were some odd calls
1: in yesterday's game all around. I mean, there were were a few questionable uh, penalties, but, you know, (laughs) we talk about that almost every week.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, but, you know. Again, yeah, I think those things even out. You know, the fact that we just got dominated on both uh, across the lines for the most part, or at least it seemed that way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you heard yesterday uh, the commentator in regard to Denver's defensive line to where uh, the guys across the board had been cut like twenty eight yes. times yes. <laughs> over their career, and I mean they looked like the. <laughs> The purple people eaters out there i mean you know they they look like the you know the chicago Bear defensive line i mean they they were just killing us and it was a scheme i mean it was a
1: scheme their coaching staff did a really good job preparing for our team they really did i mean they deserve credit
0: and you know what mike as much credit as they deserve our coaching staff did not do a very good job yesterday i think that um you know, I talk about this all the time. It's a copycat league. Yep. Their offense was very, very prepared for what we were doing on the defensive side of the football. And we really, at, at no point, as far as I was concerned, on either side of the football, did we make any adjustments. Um, and yeah, it was I was, was going to get into that because you and
1: I talk a lot. And, you know, we, we've we been talking the past couple of weeks and, and you've been harsh on, on Gailey. Mhm. And I've kind of defended him to a point, but uh, yesterday I, I just did not like the game plan. I, you know, two is struggling, you've got to make changes. You you've got to get him help. You you know, whether that be screens or yes. or, or it be uh, you know, quick outs or just something to settle him down and get him to feel like he's accomplishing something and getting some consistency. And I just didn't feel like there were any adjustments during that game that I could see that that changed anything uh,
0: in a positive way. I'm I'm on the exact same page with you in regard to that. I saw flag football yesterday, Mike, over and over again. There were five wideouts at times, lined up man-to-man, and it wasn't successful for three quarters. I mean, even when we came out in the second half, and I know we talked a few times, and I'm like, Mike, what is the deal with these these five receiver sets? I mean, do they understand that the guys that the personnel that we have on the field uh, does not really uh, match up with what you're trying to do? I mean, think about the names that I mentioned earlier. These are your guys that are out there now. As I looked at the statistics. Ahmed averaged four yards a carry yesterday. I don't. I mean, we've seen games where we run the ball twelve, thirteen times for twelve, thirteen yards. Listen, and, you if, know, if it's it, me,
1: I'm putting Breida in that game yesterday. He he had seven snaps.
0: It it. I
1: don't. I don't. And- understand. Yeah, I I don't understand it either. I I really believe that, you know, he could have helped to, uh, you know, give him a little option out of the backfield just to dump off and get two or three or four yards, you know, and the ball moving in a positive direction instead of taking a sack. You know, I mean, I just didn't feel like Gailey helped him uh, much, if at all.
0: Horrible horrible job, Mike. I mean, if we went back and we watched the football game, you don't have a running back in the backfield, okay? You have five receivers lined up across the board. You've got an offensive line that's absolutely struggling with a four-man rush, mind you, okay? Mm -hmm. A a lot of the times. So where are your adjustments over the course of a football game? Non-existent, non-existent. No jet sweeps, no screens, as you mentioned. The, a lot take Kasici, have him
1: run, you know, eight yards down the field and turn around and come back to the quarterback. I mean, right. there's, there's I so mean, many different things you can do against man defense that 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 will help you uh, move the football. And I just, again, I did not see those things. I did not see anything that made me think we were being smart as far as offensive design when your quarterback is struggling. You've got to you've got to pull him aside and say. Hey, this is what we're going to do. Let's get it done and make the changes.
0: Exactly. When you, when you go out there and you have three and outs, three and outs, three and outs, three and outs over and over again, you, can't, you have to make adjustments. Um, when Fitzpatrick came in the game, you had Ahmad making catches underneath that were going for positive yards. Four or five yards, you don't have to have plays 20, 30 yards down the field to move the chains. At some point, you have to do something, like you mentioned, Mike, something different to get your team going, to get Tua going, to make him feel like he's in a groove. All they do is the same plays over and over again. And it was frustrating to watch. I'm like, uh, guys, do you understand that this hasn't worked for a whole half? I felt that coming out of the third quarter that maybe they do right, some things exactly, And it, and it, it,
1: never happened. It didn't appear to be different.
0: It didn't, maybe,
1: maybe it was maybe, you know, cause I haven't watched the game film, but, uh, right. I didn't see it, you know, on the television. That is frustrating, you know, it's frustrating because, you know, you, you don't want your rookie quarterback to have to be pulled because he can't move the ball. And that's what happened yesterday. I think that more effort had to be, uh, put in by the coaching staff to get him going. And I, you know, I just didn't see it.
0: Agreed. Absolutely. And, you know, I felt that, um, you know, on the defensive side of the football, it was much of the same, um. You know, they allowed a they allowed Denver to run the ball on us on a consistent basis. And at some point you say, you know what? You know, let, let Drew Locke beat us. If he has to, but get everybody in that box, bring the safeties up, um, you know, start doing some things a little bit differently. And, um, on the defensive side, it seemed like they were much of, it was much of the same. They kept converting third down. So frustrating. I mean, Yeah.
1: I, the, on the defensive side, I think it would have been more uh, difficult, uh, to maybe. make a lot of changes. I, I do think that because I really think they, they have a talent shortage on the defensive side of the ball. Yes. And yep, you know you, you that, don't yeah. you don't have a lot of options. Uh, but on the offensive side, you've got a guy like Brito who has world class speed. I think you need to get him involved. I think they mm-hmm. have some yeah. options on offense. I think by tweaking the offense just a little bit, you can make it easier on uh, Tua to convert some passes that he's having trouble converting.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mike, this goes back even farther than yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you know, you go back to the week before, and the offense was pretty anemic in that game as well. I mean, they did not have a very good game against the Chargers. Now, did they need to? No, but listen, you know, the Chargers were close to getting back into that football game a few times, and it had nothing to do with the defense. It had everything to do with the fact that the offense just wasn't doing an awful lot. You know, they were, they were keeping San Diego around. So, you know, it, it, it's a combination of a lot of different things. If you've got a guy like Tua, on the football field and that's who you're going to go with. You do have to help them out, Mike. You have to have, as you mentioned, you have to have different packages that, hey guys, if this isn't going to work, you know, we've got to go elsewhere. And those five wide out lineup that I kept looking at, I'm like, this is insane. I mean, can can we put the threat of a running back in the backfield and and throw the ball in the flat to breed after you send four guys down the field. Where is that? It's not there. It's non existent. It's well, just non existent. Yeah, they
1: need to do something because, look, he's had trouble moving the ball in every game he's been in, with the possible exception of the Arizona game. Right. So the offense isn't working as smoothly as they would like. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to make it easier for your quarterback. Now, I get that they want him reading the field and, and you know, breaking apart the defense and doing the things that he has to do to be successful. Mm -hmm. but you know when the offensive line is struggling and he's got people in his face he's got to have a safety outlet
0: exactly as we go forward here I mean obviously this puts a damn I mean we're right there in regard to a wild card spot at six and four and you know a couple wins over the next few weeks will get us you know right back in the talk about playoffs but You know, the question now becomes, you know, going forward. I'm not ready to talk playoffs. (laughs) No, I know you're not. I'm saying, and I'm not, I mean, at this point after the loss yesterday, obviously it puts a damper on it. But what I'm getting at is, is that the talk is going to be there, okay? You know, you win next week and the week thereafter, and you're sitting at eight and four with four games left to play. You know, they're going to probably, you know, they're going to show you the, you know, on the screen that, you know, we're in. You know, we've got a wild card spot at eight and four, which is probably going to be the case two weeks from now. But here's the thing, okay? going forward, you know, with the move that they made yesterday, they have to sit there. And if Tua again struggles through a half of football up in New York next week, you know, are we going to see this week in and week out? And they're going to have to make a decision as to what. They are truly trying to accomplish at this point because it's obvious that they want to win football games or else they wouldn't have made the move yesterday, you know, instead of making to a work through uh, that that sort of diversity in regard to the game yesterday and trying to bring them back in the fourth quarter they decided to go a different route they felt that you know their best chance of winning would be with bringing fitzpatrick in now you meant adversity correct adversity yeah yeah what did i say diversity yeah yeah <laughs> it's still early for me mike i've only been up an hour and a half but anyway the thing is this is that they, they have to honestly sit there and look at what they're trying to accomplish going forward because I don't think it's very productive for, for Tua. I don't think it's very productive for Fitzpatrick. I think that you know, if, if you want to win football games, and, and I truly believe this, if you want to win football games going forward and you really want to make a playoff push and, and try to get there, then obviously I think Fitzpatrick is better for our offense at this point. Um, you know, that, that's my opinion. I mean, people may disagree with that, but I feel that that gives us our best chance of winning and moving the football week in and week out on the offensive side. But the question becomes, what are you going to do going forward? I think you already made the decision that Tua is, again, going to start next week. But Here's the thing, though. Do you want to be going
1: through growing pains next year with Tua?
0: (laughs) Well, Mike, I I would feel – this is the way I feel, too, and I'm glad you brought that up because my thinking is this, is that with what Tua has to work with right now, we saw the deficiencies across the offensive line. We, we we have a depleted uh, receiving crew right now. Um, our running backs are, you know, <laughs> average at best, I fair, would say. Fair, uh, fair. There's, there's not a lot to work with. So are you putting Tua in a position to where, you know, he, he can't succeed? Probably so. And he's had four games now, and I think he's going to get another opportunity next week. And he's going to probably get... An opportunity the week thereafter. Now, with that being said, if he continues to struggle and somehow we get through these next couple of games and we see a lot more of what we've seen over the last few weeks, I think that at some point, you know, going into those last four games of the year, you know, you gave him a taste of what the NFL is all about. Maybe you, you know, you sit him down, you try to win a few games in December and and let the rest of this football team experience A run for the playoffs, experience maybe a playoff game, and then you bring Tua back in next year along with some help, you know, a better offensive line, uh, guys, you know, that are – because they're not going to bench all these rookies. I mean, it's going to fall on Tua. It's a lot of pressure. And I think that maybe that's the route you go because, you know, you've got the rest of the team to concern yourself with as well. And I do want to see the offensive linemen maybe experience what the playoffs are all about and the defense at that, you know, guys like Van Genkel and, and all of these players. So it just depends on what they're trying to do. And I think that – Well, they're when, trying to do both. They're trying to develop they, exactly. him and went at the same time. And, and, but – at some point, is it going to hurt your your young quarterback? Is it going to help him? Because right now the offense is very depleted. And I think that Fitzpatrick finds a way of working around that because he is that type of player. He doesn't care. I mean, you saw that yesterday. He comes out and it looked like he just got done eating his lunch and he said, all right, guys, let's, you know, let's get to work here and see what we're doing. <laughs> He's chewing gum. Did it, did, was he chewing gum in the huddle, Mike, or chewing I tobacco? Mean, that, oh, I don't know what he was He was chewing something. Yeah. I don't know what he was doing. But the guy, the guy doesn't care, you know. And um, you know, I think that whatever Listen, position Fitz was you put Fitz. Him in, he was
1: great, and he was great until he wasn't.
0: Right. It, that's the way he is. But I think that if you have a fighting chance, if you want a fighting chance going forward of making the playoffs, I think that gives us our best option mm-hmm. right now. And I think that with what Tua has to work with, he doesn't have the help. He just doesn't. He really doesn't. I mean, it's it's a, it's a tough situation for Flores to decipher. It absolutely is. And, you know, it's not an easy decision. It just depends on what they are trying to accomplish. And I think that for the for the better of the whole team as a whole, I think that it might be a better situation for Fitzpatrick now into his situation and maybe for the team, you know, going forward. Uh, you know, into next year, okay, you throw him out there. I don't know how productive it really is going to be with what he has to work with. And so it's kind of like a catch-22 there. You know, I'm saying two different things. There's no perfect answer. Because there is no perfect answer and there is no perfect solution to the thing. And you know a lot of people are going to go back and forth with this thing but the bottom line is the fact that there is no right answer to it no. um you know if you do one thing you're hurting something you else you either
1: put him in and take your lumps or you put Fitzpatrick in and hope for some some somehow some miracle he's Fitz magic uh, the, the rest of this
0: you know season but exactly i Mike, what i don't want is you know this this losing to start creeping in, especially against teams like Denver and the Jets and Cincinnati because – Well, I'm sure
1: that that Flores is going to be all up in their case, uh, you know, this week.
0: Mm -hmm. I sure in the hell hope so, Mike, because I sure in the hell don't want to go through another Sunday like I did this past Sunday. That was extremely frustrating to watch. If it was against a team like Kansas City, I'd be more accepting of it. but uh, For certain. No.
1: <laughs> no, I mean absolutely. I don't expect them to beat Kansas City. I don't think you expect them to beat Kansas City. Would it be nice if they did? Sure, but mm-hmm. it's probably unlikely, right? You know, unless Mahomes somehow has a game worse than any game he's played this year. You know, mm-hmm. they're tough. I mean, they are tough.
0: They're very tough. But I'll tell you what, Mike. There were they punted twice last night. And I don't think the Raiders punted much more than that. That was, you talk about flag football. Yeah. There there was no defense played in that game last night whatsoever. It was like, okay, whoever gets the ball last is going to win. And that's exactly what happened. Kansas City's defense is not very good. No. You know, you you can move the football on them. Uh, The Raiders went up and down the field on them. And and that was without a great game from Jacobs. Uh, Jacobs, you know, started off hot, but. You know he didn't play well, but we're getting a little sidetracked here. You know we, we'll worry about Kansas City one, well, two, three, yeah, three four City weeks week. from now. Uh-huh. Yep. Right now we got to concentrate on beating the stinking Jets. All right. Well, we'll be back to talk about them
1: on Wednesday. Have you got anything else you'd like to add for today's show?
0: I think we were about as positive, Mike, as we could have possibly been on a on a you know after a game that was just absolutely horrendous. This that was a bad football game and we haven't done that in a while. It was so. a bad showing, but you know, those are going to happen
1: from time to time, you know, uh especially with a young team. So, it it will be a good learning experience for the younger players. They've got to realize that, you know, if you don't bring it every week, somebody's going to get feed you your lunch. So, you know, it's it, correct. It, it is a good learning experience and uh hopefully they come back this week and uh, play like they're capable of playing. So with that, I want to thank everyone for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday, and uh, Fin's up, everybody.
0: Fin's up, Dolphins.
1: All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Podcast Network.